0: The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Interesting people, relatable stories, relevant, topical. This is 630 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. We'll continue to hear more throughout the day on that uh, update of the Trans Mountain expansion around, uh, well, just uh, about an hour ago, um, there was a news conference that took place, including the Federal Natural Resources Minister, the Provincial Energy Minister, and, uh, and the head of Trans Mountain, uh, Ian Anderson, during which he said, you know what, it was perseverance and resilience that got us to this point, and went on to say that they would not be here without the support of the federal and provincial governments Uh, we'll bring you more from that news conference throughout the afternoon I know a lot of you have been waiting to hear word of it, they're saying that construction, they'd like to start getting pipe in the ground by Christmas, the energy minister just releasing a a statement saying it's a positive step forward for Trans Mountain, our province, and our country Uh, and uh, goes on to say that they will continue to fight, uh, fight for investment, fight for jobs, and fight for more pipelines and fight to continue to develop our natural resources in a responsible manner for the benefit of Canadians. So again, Eileen, will keep you updated on that uh, throughout the afternoon. It's 3.07 as we broadcast live from 6.30 Chad Santa's Anonymous. The warehouse, the depot this afternoon. One of the best days of the years. There's so much going on around here. We have the gang from uh, TJX in here who are... Um, packing bags right now they are they're bundling up uh everything and it is giving tuesday in canada and so all donations received here at uh, santa's anonymous will be doubled by rexall Drugstores up to five thousand dollars so if you've been thinking about it today would be a great day to do it all the details at santa's anonymous well we've been telling you <coughs> about this for about the past 24 hours. At least eight people involved in a crash between a school bus and a picker truck near Smoky Lake. It happened yesterday morning. Five of those people were in hospital in critical condition. Uh, we continue to wait for updates um, from AHS about their conditions. The crash happened at 8:30 in the morning. It was at the intersection of Highway 28 and Range Road 180. The Mounties say the bus was heading north on Range Road 180 and The picker truck was uh, heading west when the collision occurred. Now, a spokesperson from the Aspen View Public School Division said the bus was taking students from H.A. Kostash School. It's a kindergarten to grade 12 school located in Smoky Lake. There were 14 students and one driver on the bus at the time. The driver, the picker truck, was uh, taken to hospital with minor injuries. Now, Gary Lillicoe is a school bus driver in Agassiz, B.C. who has started a petition to get seat belts installed on buses. His petition on change.org has over 126,000 signatures. And I have to tell you, soon, whenever there is an accident like this one, I immediately get phone calls, I get emails, I get texts saying, why are there not seatbelts on school buses? Well, Gary joins us this afternoon from B.C. Hi, Gary. Hello, Jaylen. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, thank you for joining us this afternoon. I really appreciate it. So I suspect you heard this news yesterday and you thought to yourself, oh no, not another one.
1: You know, I I did an update on my change.org petition last night, but I had to think about it during the day because I was stunned and and I felt so bad for the families that have to go through something like this that with seatbelts would probably greatly reduce the severity of the injuries and hopefully prevent what we don't ever want to happen is to lose a child in an accident like this
0: so Gary you're a former um, Coast Mountain bus driver uh, your semi-retired part-time school bus driver how long have you been driving uh, buses for
1: this would be year two for school bus my career with Coast Mountain was 27 years I drove for 12 and then I transferred into maintenance uh, and then went through supervision and management before I retired
0: okay so you know w- why did this become such a, a a huge issue for you? What was it that spurred you on to action? Well, I took the
1: job last year at a local, um, you know, just a small community. And I always wanted to just keep doing a little something. And I got on, I threw my seatbelt on the bus and I looked back and, and through ignorance, I always thought that the school buses had seatbelts. Wow, And when I saw they didn't, I was like, oh, a little aha moment there. And then within two weeks of me starting that job last year, um, the state did a story that showed the 2010 Transport Canada report showing that seatbelts uh, well, that the high back compartmentalization on the school bus, which is, you know, they have the seats a little closer together as well, didn't prevent uh The kids failed to protect them, basically, is what their words were, in a side impact or rollover accident. The kids are just catapulted. And if you've ever seen the videos Mm. of an accident where a school bus rolls, um, the kids are just shot to the other side, which is what happened yesterday. The kids on the opposite side of the bus are immediately slammed to the impact point, and that's where a lot of the
0: injuries come from. Gary, there has been, you know, contradictory... um Information when it comes to seat belts on school buses, according to the Canadian Safety Council, just from their website today, saying that yeah. school buses have an enviable safety record; that they're one of the safest methods of transportation. They say that um, you know members of the council do not believe seat belts on school buses would improve safety. There's no scientific evidence that lives would be saved. Um, your thoughts on that? Your reaction to to that stance from the Canadian Safety Council?
1: Well, that's the one that really lights a flame under me. I have written Lewis Smith of the Canada Safety Council several times, and he was unaware of that Transport Canada report until last fall. And He seemed very interested on television to learn of new information about that. And after that was revealed, I wrote him again and I said, Mr. Smith, please tell me why you haven't changed your outlook based on the results of this Canada or Transport Canada test. And he said, well, you know, we're waiting for the results from uh, the task force and Minister Garnell's review. And they—they're—they're uh, they're independent. They're independent, and I seek donations for to help their work. But uh, clearly, they're not doing any work on this. This is a very old, stale, outdated line that they've had on there forever, as as does Transport Canada. So last October, Minister Garneau, based on this coming out in the news, had to do a review, and he, that review was completed in January when he assigned a task force. Mm-hmm. The task force has been working since January on this issue, and they are scheduled to release the recommendations in January. It, so it will be a full year of you know, uh, about a dozen people working on this in the government, and they're about a month or two late for this one. This is, this is a mini Humboldt, and it's... It it, it shouldn't happen, and these guys know it shouldn't happen. There's eight states in the United States that have mandatory seatbelts, California for almost 10 years. All the technologies there, all the liability regulations for the drivers. I just came from a meeting with drivers just now out in Hope, British Columbia. They've ordered three new school buses with seatbelts. They're not waiting but the drivers are concerned about what the liabilities are, and Mm -hmm. I certainly hope that's what the government's been working on for the last year is getting the rules and regs right because you'd have no drivers if they had to get up and down every time. You'd never get to school.
0: Well, that's Uh, what I wanted to ask
1: you. Sorry, California has clearly great rules and regulations all written into law, which is where Minister Garneau got his safety standards for seatbelts and the installation process that he's Mm -hmm. put into law for school buses, but he failed to mandate the use of them.
0: Gary Lillicoe joining us this afternoon. He is, um, you know, uh, a bus driver, and he is the creator of the petition Seatbelts for Canadian School Buses Now. That petition is at change.org. It has over 126,000 signatures. You talk about liability, and again, I'm, I'm just going to go back to the Canadian Safety Council uh, statement and some of their concerns. Um, you know, they're saying that someone would need to ensure the seat belts are used, adjusted properly between uses by smaller children and larger children, and Yep. when damaged in an emergency you know what would happen during evacuation your thoughts on that
1: well first of all on evacuation uh, in the summer uh, uh a gentleman that's a uh, battalion fire chief in niagara falls and a rescue trainer put out a call and an article asking for seatbelts on school buses. They have prototypes of safety pins that first responders can use to release the seatbelts. They have monitoring systems for seatbelts electronically. One's called Mm -hmm. the Seatbelt Nanny in Ontario. There's three companies that have these They tell you if the seatbelt's on. There's they're, they're working on release mechanisms. The first responders will tell you, let's give them at least a fighting chance to survive, yeah. because in a rollover of that accident, they're, they're hurt, and it restricts them getting out
0: so one of the one of the points on that front, and it shouldn't be and you know you think about it, it would be, you know, you would just think it wouldn't be an issue, but cost becomes an issue with you know putting uh, putting the seatbelts in, having a monitoring system, that sort of thing. And I know we think, okay, what's a child's life worth? But again, at right. the end of the day, there is a cost associated with this.
1: Of course there is. Um, and, and- people have lobbied against it because it's cheaper to lobby against it. I had a great debate with a fellow who runs a bus fleet in Abbotsford, British Columbia on Monday, and we went back and forth over cost. He believes it's just uh, bus integrity will be damaged by retrofitting. And and my belief is that it's cost and it always has been cost. And that's originally in 84, they were going to put seatbelts on buses when rules came in for Canada. And then the lobbyists got a hold of that and, uh, you know, uh, a fellow with a fleet of 50 that's contracted to the school board now has to put in $20,000 a retrofit. He's got 50 buses. There's a million dollars. So yeah. you tell me it's not cost.
0: Gary Lillico joining me this afternoon. I know in January of this year, uh, Alberta's transport minister said the province was looking into making seatbelts mandatory on school buses. I don't know where that stands right now with the change um, in uh, in in the government. Are, do you know off the top of your head, um, are there any provinces that have uh, mandated it yet?
1: No, but you have just... Hit another home run question. Uh, two weeks ago, I went to Victoria. I contacted my MLA in my area in the summer, and we had meetings and exchanged a lot of information before he was sold. He phoned me and said, I'm going to put a private member's bell in on Parliament mm-hmm. in BC. We did that on November 18th. He invited me over. I spoke to the media there. It's a nonpartisan issue. Uh, I, I managed to get a few minutes with the Minister of Transportation, Claire Trevina who said that, yes, we've been in contact with the federal government, and yes, they're working on it, and we're only going to wait until their results are released in, in January. Uh, quite a guarded conversation, but... You know, she's well aware of what's going on with this issue. And, yes, Alberta has looked at it. Alberta's had several rollovers now, uh, just rollover accidents with broken bones and such, in the year that I've been doing the petition. Uh, A little boy down in the States uh, a month and a bit ago was killed, a five-year-old, because he wasn't Mm -hmm. sitting properly that head-on. All, the provinces are all looking at it. Uh, I've written the ministers of transportation across the country um, with mixed results for response, but they're all aware of it, and I, I, I think... It's a matter of time. It it really has to be done. It's it's been ignored way too long. There is no cost for uh, saving a child, but you go talk to any of the families. I mean, the last death in in Canada was in your province in Alberta, in Rimby, Alberta. And Uh. the mother of that that lost her daughter was a first responder, and she had to attend that scene while on duty to her own Uh daughter's death. And to this day, when I talk to her, she wants seatbelts on school buses.
0: Gary, there's a a question that just came in on my text line that I want to ask you and it says, do you think there would need to be another adult or supervisor added to the bus routes that would ensure that kids are locked in and to help free them in case of an emergency?
1: Great debate and that's one that goes back and forth a lot. I can only base on what I know is happening and if we use California as an example, so the liabilities of the driver is when he leaves a school or an event, he has to walk the bus front to back, make sure they're locked up and, and they're on correctly. Um, if he had to stop every time one came off or something, we'd have no drivers. So <laughs> that, that covers a liability there. A, a monitor, sure, why not? I mean, the school bus drivers are, are paid less than most any other driver. Uh, with such, you know, a great responsibility. A uh, monitor would be good, but it's proven that the seatbelts work in the States and many countries around the world, not just the United States. Uh, and once the kids are buckled up, they're used to doing that. Um, so, and, and in any of the accidents in the States where uh, there's been a mix of kids, like the accident yesterday from kindergarten to grade 12, um, the older kids tend to help the younger kids and. With the drills and the, the, the repetitive action of doing it, it, it comes automatic. Uh, the young kids can do it in cars now. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not like this is some new technology we're throwing at them. So, I mean, yes, the monitor is debatable, but it's showing that it can work without in the states. Uh, but hey, the more help, the better, right?
0: Yeah, Gary, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. Again, uh, your petition is Seatbelts for Canadian School Buses Now. It has over 126,000 uh, signatures. You can find it at change.org. Um, when will that be taken down, and what is your plans to do with it?
1: Well, I'm waiting until uh, January when uh, the uh, task force uh, releases their recommendations, and, and we'll see where it goes from there. In the meantime, I'm writing them. I'm sending them information and getting the odd odd response and we'll just build the numbers until then and, and see where it takes us
0: gary thank you so much for joining me this afternoon i appreciate your time i appreciate your thoughts on this issue very much
1: well thank you i appreciate you having me on
0: and take care now. That's Gary Lillico joining me this afternoon from uh, BC. The man behind seatbelts for Canadian school buses. Now, your thoughts on this? Have you spent some time reading the pros, reading the cons on this? Because there is so much information on it. It's like I said. Sometimes it's like you know, trying to to suck it all in through a fire hose, like a blast of water coming at you. But yeah, there is. And you know, if you're a parent whose child rides a school bus do you want them buckled up or don't you want them buckled up let me know at 780-496-0063 we're going to take a break here when we come back more from 630 ched santa's anonymous hey chedville we're at uh, santa's depot lead producer of this show Chris Brentlinger-Grant joins me. The first time you've been here.
1: First time ever. Absolutely very impressed by the Isn't
0: it something else? I've
1: I've heard from a whole bunch of people about how (laughs) big this place was. But no, you can hear uh, people putting down boxes, people with like little
0: uh, pulley systems and things, but that's so far away. This place is enormous. It is enormous. Well, it's grown dramatically over the years and now we actually have the space to to, to do the work that, that is needed. But yeah, it's just such an incredible operation here. You can come visit us. You can check it out yourself at one two one two two sixty eighth Street or six or um yeah, well it's you know, pop by say hi. Warren, the postman, stopped by to say uh, hi, our yearly visit, which I, I, I really appreciate. Um, also donations today my friends Uh, today is giving Tuesday in Canada all donations received uh, up to $5,000 going to be doubled by our friends at Rexall Drugstore so if you've been thinking about making a donation today is the day to do it you can do it online really really easy at santasanonymous.ca if you're driving by 630 Ched at 5204 84th Street you can pop uh, uh, in there and, and make a donation there or make one here if you would like to do that uh, as well. Uh, Fraz texted in a little bit earlier, my pal uh, Fraz says, hey Jay, I'll throw a challenge out there to all the truck drivers and tradesmen. We're not making the money we did a few years ago, but we can all afford at least $20. bucks. i will start things off for the truck drivers and the iron workers. So Fraz, going to throw uh, 20 bucks in right now. If anybody else would like to get in on that, you can do so, at santasanonymous.ca and then let me know and you'll get a shout-out when we come back. We'll take a quick break here for the 3.30 News when we come back. A family that's been involved with with Santas for a very, very long time will hear their story. Stay with us.